Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 8 o'clock hour on this Friday, July 22nd, 2022. How you doing, DMV? 106.7 The Fan on your AM, FM dials on the Odyssey app and on our stream at thefandc.com. We appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. I'm Danny Noakes, our guy Denton Day. Back in the studio producing the show. We're with you up until 9-10 leading into Nats on Deck. 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener line. And that's where we're going to go right now because we got a couple of callers waiting to talk a little Juan Soto with us. Let's first go to Michael in Woodbridge. He's on line one. Michael, thanks for the call tonight. How's it going? Going good, man. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. What you got for me? Yeah, I just think... Um... The learners are always going to stick to their game plan. And, you know, let's first start off by saying that the team failed after winning the World Series. Like, they got rid of the players because the team failed, the manager failed. You know, that's the number one thing. The guys got, a lot of the guys got let go because you can't take any risk and drop some productions when you have high-profile players like that. So, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know, I trade a lot of things to just, you know, I don't know, Babe Ruth, you know, all those comparisons are a little outrageous. Um, But I think... The number one thing for us to do is get pitching, get an ownership group that is here for the long term and not going to sell this like long term family business story that we got with the loaners, learners, and they're just completely dropping the ball and just leaving us. I mean, they're commercial real estate brokers. They're selling when the market's hot. They got low salary, high TV deal for relative to how many games they're winning. They're just getting out. Um, so, you know, the thing is, like, once so will always be national. You know, we are we embrace players in this town. So for someone letting him go, like we have no right to be angry. We pulled him early to come in because he was hot, and that was Rizzo's decision. We could have kept him, and maybe could have kept him on ice. Maybe give him one of those ten, seven year, hundred million little sweetheart deals, gap deals. But no, like we knew what we had. We went all in with him. We knew the risks of paying the guy. And at the end of the day, it's about pitching. And those guys hit really well on our team because they were real comfortable playing against one to two runs, you know, opposing teams. So let's just pump the brakes here. Let's retool. We've only we've only been really bad like this or really good. So like there's no in between for us. <laughs> so it's Mike Rizzo. It's Mike Rizzo we trust. Like if he's gone, let's blow it up. Because yeah. like I am good with that. But Mike Rizzo is the Oracle. Yeah, that's a great – I like that, the Oracle. Michael, thanks for the call, man. A lot of really good thoughts right there. Seriously, they, they, Michael made a lot of really good points from uh, the you know Rizzo being the guy that made the decision to pull Soto up when he was hot to uh, the fact that Juan Soto will always be a national, and, and that goes for Trey Turner and Max Scherzer as well. Like he said, they we embrace players like that in this town. And you know what? Even if they are hanging their hats on the World Series, they still did bring us that championship in 2019. And yes, we we have to focus on what's in the future. You you have to do that in any business venture that you're in. I mean, you just have to do that no matter what you do every single day, right? You can't rest on your laurels. But I, I really like that. A lot of great perspective there from Michael. And and 
when it comes to what the learners are going to do, it's it, it it it's hard to figure out exactly how this shakes out when there's just so much uncertainty around who will actually own the team and whether or not they'll have the chance to re-sign Soto. So let's go to line two, Deacons in La Plata. What's going on? How's it going? Hi, Danny. Well, how are you? Um, I'm sorry I have to go after Michael because that was a pretty darn intelligent phone call. Um, it was. <laughs> and, and I want to commend you because what you're doing is uh, in uh, commanding this show is um, like trying to hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, so thank you for keeping it interesting. Oh, yeah. Thank um, you for saying that. That means a lot. I really appreciate that. Oh, sure, sure. Well, that's true. Um, I, along with everybody else we've discussed, I also am bruised by – Schwarber being gone, even though he wasn't homegrown, even though he's only here a year, every time it's a dinger, it, it kind of, you know, hits a part of me that watching Trey Turner go out and catch balls in the outfield, short, short uh, loop balls in the outfield that we, our short, uh, shortstop can't catch. But um, my thought process is that, um, that Juan Soto is a generational talent. I think that, um, that Trey Turner was it was and is a generational talent. They both were one and two and one and two two years in a row in the batting yeah. title chase. So, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I and maybe none of us are as intelligent as these billionaires that own these teams and whatever agendas they have. They certainly don't speak to them. But I agree with Michael. Thank goodness we have Rizzo, and uh, if he could build it once, he can build it again. But it sure is painful to. To watch the melting of a team that was so good a few years ago. Yeah, and for it to happen this quickly, it's just not something that any any of us could have ever expected. So thanks so much for the call, man. I really appreciate it. Great stuff from from both of our guys there, Michael and uh, and Deacon. So I, I really like too what what Deacon was saying there. His second his his point about Schwarber. I have more thoughts on Schwarber, and I'm going to save them actually for for the next segment, but. It, it it's it's tough you know it's it's really it's tough to go through this i'll be honest with you this is just the fan in me right it's just having a little bit of fun every now and then and, and denton i'd be i'd be curious as to as to if you've had any of you know any anything like this happen in your mind either i honestly considered thinking about rooting for another team <laughs> and 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 what i realized is I could never do it. I could never root for any team outside of Washington D outside of Washington DC because I've never been a fan of any other team outside of DC. And the only reason that I'm a team of the fans and a fan of the teams in DC is because that's my hometown, right? And and that it'll always come down to that. So even a trip Denton, even a trip out to Petco Park where the San Diego <laughs> Padres play this year, and I took one of those. I got to go see my friend get married in San Diego. That couldn't even do it. So I'm curious as as to if your fandom has wavered at all. It I I had one of those thoughts for probably about a day and a half, and then yeah, I realized what I would end up being. I wouldn't be a fan of another team. I would just be one of those guys that only likes players, and I'm just become a fan of the player. I, just, right. I, I didn't want I didn't want to be that guy. Like you, we all know guys like that, <laughs> girls like that, and they are they're annoying. Yeah. They they're just they're annoying fans, and I I didn't I didn't want to succumb and drop to that level. Exactly. I dude, I'm I'm on the same exact page with you. I just I, I could never do it. It was it was funny to even just think about for a moment because 
I think it was Michael that said it. He brought up a really good point. The Nats have either been really good or really bad. There's never been an in-between for them, at least maybe not since 20, I think 2018, Davies' first year, they went 500. But shy of that, yeah, they've either been uh, a, a World Series winning team, a division winning team, or one of the worst teams in baseball. There's there's really been no in-between. And that I don't know if a lot of franchises can say that, Denton. <laughs> no, not many. But like the thing with you and I is we grew up going to the games when they were the worst team. When you know it's like right. we get a one-year deal with Alfonso Soriano and then he's gone to, to go make money and play well somewhere else. So we got through it then. I think whatever comes, we'll we'll get through it now. I have to remind myself of that, too. And you know what? I remember going to watch Alfonso Soriano play, and those were some fun times, despite the fact that they weren't winning games. Because when he would come up to the plate, there was a good chance that he was going to go yard, and if he could get on base, then he could steal a bag. So there was still excitement to, to look forward to, and, and that's going to be the case, despite everything that's surrounding the Nats, all, all this smoke, whether or not tr Soto gets traded. And I would say with each passing day, it's less likely that it happens here in 2022 before the trade deadline. Again, you've got about 10 days. August 2nd is the trade deadline in Major League Baseball. If if they can get to that, then who knows what will happen if the Nationals get a new ownership group. Because may, if they put the full court press on and they're willing to offer Soto the alpha and the omega, I mean, you know, how could he say no, right? So th there's just a, a lot that we still have to to let play out here and, and I want to get to a break because coming up next I, I, I mentioned that I was uh, I'm glad our guy Deacon brought up the Schwarber point because I, I have some I have some memories to go back to last year right there it's not even that long ago but I want to I want to go back in time a little bit and look at where the Nats were that has really caused them to to go into this tailspin and become sellers and instead of buyers at the trade deadline for for each of the last couple of years so stick around we got way more to get into your calls they're welcome as well 800-636-1067 is the mgm national harbor listener line we'll be right back on 1067 you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We got a few segments left here on 106.7 The Fan this evening. With you up until 9.10. That's when Nats on Deck begins. Nationals on the road at the Arizona Diamondbacks. Charlie and Dave going to take you from the 30 minutes of pregame coverage right through first pitch and up through the rest of the game. 
Second half, going to get underway tonight for the Nats. Let's see if they can climb out of the worst record in baseball. That was my only goal. Seriously, that was my only goal for this team going into this year. Please just don't be the worst team in the league. And you know what? Maybe being the worst team in the league actually at the end of the day would have benefited them because then they'd get a higher draft pick. But I digress. We've been talking a lot of nationals today. That's going to be the case because of everything that's going on with Juan Soto. We've also had some great calls, and I want to hear from you. 800-636-1067. That's the MGM National Harbor listener line. We got great calls from Michael and Deacon in our last segment. You can join the conversation, too. Deacon mentioned something specific that I actually hadn't got to yet that I did want to come back to, and I'm going to do that here in this segment. If we can go back in time, right, let's go back to last year, before the 2021 All-Star break, the Nationals were very much in contention for the division. And, of course, this was before they had traded Trey Turner, Max Scherzer, Kyle Schwarber, Josh Harrison, Daniel Hudson, among even more players, if you can believe it, by the way. The Nats were actually 40-38 and 38 coming out of June 2021. They were 40-38, and 38, two games over 500, and they hadn't even had a good season, save for Kyle Schwarber, who hit more home runs in a month during that month of June than any national ever. But Schwarber wasn't even a known commodity coming into that season. He was sort of a risk that the Nationals were taking because after his time over there in Chicago, he hadn't exactly been able to, you know, get back, get his mojo back, if you will. But then he comes over to the Nets, sets the record for the most home runs in a month, and then July is is when everything began to fall apart. Because if you'll remember, Schwarber got injured. And that was really the biggest thing because he was the hottest bat in the lineup. But then Scherzer got scratched from a start at one point. You had a COVID outbreak with the team. And who remembers Starlin Castro, right? Because I was very high on Starlin Castro when he came in as a defensive player. But they had to sever their ties with him because of domestic violence issues. So that whole thing fizzled out. Wasn't worth it. Some people would have even said it wasn't worth it from the start. But it was one bad thing after another with this team, right? There was a lot that went wrong for them. And all of that was out of their control. The things that were happening to them. Most of that stuff, there's not a thing that they could have done about it. The injuries. (laughs) Every team was having COVID outbreaks back then still. So despite some misfortune that mostly took you out of playoff contention, and it was misfortune, this wasn't a doing of any particular person or even one guy having a bad year, because despite the Nats really as a whole, again, save for Schwarber, getting off to a slow start in the first half, they were still in contention until July. And so Rizzo decided that it was time to blow up the team, and that was when he sent... Everyone that was worth anything except for Josh Bell, Juan Soto, to new teams. And trust me, I, I understand how teams get to that decision to sell off all their guys. I definitely get the logic there. But when I look at how that situation in particular played out, how this whole fire sale started, when you have a line that's that thin, right? And let's face it the line between the Nationals selling off all of their assets and not selling off all of their assets and maybe just some of their assets was a very thin and fine line. And that fine line was all the bad stuff that happened to them 
between the end of June and July of 2021. Injuries, roster moves, a lot of stuff that wasn't in their control. I would have understood it more if I thought the Nationals were just a straight-up bad team, but they weren't yet. They had a tough stretch, compounded by some guys that missed time. But if Schwarber doesn't get hurt, do they fall entirely out of contention and sell off all their players? I think that's a fair question to ask. It's hindsight, and it's in the past, so how, how valuable is it to ask that question? But that's all I need to know to label the way that the Nats have gone about this as a gamble. And as, as Michael put it, everything that's happened since 2019 has been a failure. They have failed. Failed. In every aspect. On the field, off the field. I've already said, and, and I think most people would agree, that you're never going to convince me that trading Trey Turner was worth it. He's an all-star again. If the Dodgers want to, they'll pay him whatever he wants to keep him in L.A. And that'll be up to them. Schwarber was an all-star again. Scherzer has missed like six or so starts this year. Very elite, right? Six and one, 2.22 ERA. Three or four times more productive than any pitcher on your current roster. But if we look at the returns, the jury's still out on him. And I said this when the trade went down. The, the initial flurry of trades went down. It's still going to be out on them for years because... That's the gamble you take when you sell off known commodities for prospects. But it did allow them to acquire K-Bear Ruiz, Josiah Gray, Lane Thomas. Not all from the same place. These were all guys that came over from different deals that they made. But can you tell me that those guys are going to be worth the wait when you're ready to consider them legitimate everyday MLB players? Because Lane Thomas and K-Bear Ruiz are already in the lineup most of the time. Josiah Gray is already in the starting rotation, right? I heard somebody make the point earlier today that the product on the field for the Nationals is already bad with Juan Soto, and they use that as a reason as to why they shouldn't pay him. You are in this situation because of the decisions that you made. <laughs> Rizzo and the learners, the Nationals. This isn't happening anymore because of misfortune. You have sold off anyone that was worth anything and now you're not going to win any more games. You don't know what those prospects are going to turn into. You could say that about anybody. But prospects are more of a gamble, just like in recruiting with college sports. You don't know what a 17 or 18-year-old kid is going through their head because they're 17. They're going to change their mind. That's why the transfer portal is so crazy now because <laughs> kids change their mind. It's not apples to apples entirely there, but you get the point. Recently, the, the, the Nationals haven't been particularly good at evaluating talent. They've tied up $400 million in two pitchers, one you're probably never going to see again in Strasburg, right? $400 million between those two guys, which is the price tag for Soto. As it just that's, that, it's not the price tag for Soto because he's going to command more than that. But the fact that you've already sacrificed that much money to two guys that are, are hurting your team as opposed to actually helping it, that's a mistake. That's a failure, again, as one of our previous callers put it. That's failure. They're on the opposite of a hot streak right now. And here's the last thing, right? Professional sports, I understand, in general, they're a business. 
but I keep coming back to this. Fans matter. And especially when it comes to Major League Baseball, a sport that is so far behind the NFL and NBA. And guess what? It'll never catch it. Maybe they're content with being in that third place spot in the United States as as a professional sport. But fans are going to stop showing up if you don't give them a reason to believe that they'll have guys to root for over time. You know what? Maybe it maybe it means that you don't necessarily give four hundred fifty five hundred million dollar contracts to guys that come along every so often, but that doesn't happen very often. How many teams can even say that they've had the amount of potential Hall of Fame players come through their franchise within a span of four or five years? How many teams can say can say what the Washington Nationals can say about that recently? It's not very many. They're not the only team, but it's certainly not very many. And you're going to have the World Series to show for it in 2019. That's great. But all anyone is going to remember is how you handled what happened afterward, which was not well. So if you continue to implore this ancient mindset, how do you expect people to get fired up, right? Your team is turning over every two to three years. No one's going to know who's in the starting lineup. People aren't just going to show up to show up. It's not Boston. It's not the Yankees or the Mets. You need to give them a reason to show up. And they they're they're going to stop. It's already happening, you know? It's not like they're winning baseball games. Let's see what happens though. Let's see what happens. Again, there's been a lot of negativity. It seems like things are trending poorly. But at the end of the day, the Nats still have the leverage. And that's important to remember. The Nationals right now, believe it or not, do have the leverage. Because they can, they have the control to decide if they do want to trade them before August 2nd trade deadline or they don't. You wait it out. You give the new ownership group and assuming that they will come in in November a chance to figure that out. But if you don't, then you, there's a lot less that you could do, in my opinion. And there, that better be a true... King's Ransom wouldn't even be an accurate description of the uh, haul in return that I would expect if they deal him before August 2nd. It, it, might, it, it better be, as I said earlier, the Alpha and the Omega. You better be getting an all-star and a load of prospects if it happens before August 2nd. That's my, that's my hardened stance on that. You can't convince me that his value is going to go down when the only thing that's going to make him com- command less money would be an injury. It's it, there's just no way. I think it'd be foolish. And I think the I think the learners on top of maybe having that mindset they they also have their legacy in mind. They don't want to necessarily be known as as the guys that let Harper, Rendon, Scherzer and Turner and Soto go. That's f- that's five unbelievable players. We'll see. All right, we got about 30 minutes to go. If you want to jump in on the conversation, you've got about two segments left to do it because we're going to come back after 9 o'clock, and it's going to be real quick when we wrap things up. So 800-636-1067. We haven't done any commanders today. I'm feeling the need to talk a little NFL next. So how about we get into that? Stick around. You're listening to 1067 The Fan. It can't come soon enough, but it gets even more so to the point where it can't come soon enough with each passing year. It's more anticipated every single year. Maybe that's a sign of it taking 
more and more control over the United States sports circuit, but I think we're all just a bunch of football addicts when it comes down to it, right? And hey, before we get into our discussion on the NFL, I'm no wrestling fan or anything. I don't like the WWE. I don't watch that stuff or anything. But Vince McMahon, CEO, stepping down today does seem like it's pretty significant news considering how much that business is worth and how many people do actually watch that stuff. Denton, I hear you chuckling back there. Are you a WWE guy? Oh, I live and breathe pro wrestling, and man, what a news oh, good. dump okay. that is from Vinnie Mac. Yeah, so on a Friday, I mean, I I, I understand because this is kind of this is his baby, right? So he he probably was was very uh, hesitant to put this news out there. But how did you react to it as as a fan of of the sport? It was it was well those chuckles that you heard. I saw it. It was kind of like a a jaw drop. You know, I was sitting here in the bullpen. I was talking to another producer, and he also happens mm-hmm. to be a wrestling fan. And I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I see it. And my first thought was he got hacked. Because the belief amongst most <laughs> WWE fans was that Vince McMahon wasn't leaving the company until he was dead. And I know that's a little grotesque, mm-hmm. but that's just the reality of what it is. But, you know, some of these stories coming out about him not being the most civil human being behind closed doors. This is what happens when you pay $12 million out in hush money. You decide, you know what? Maybe I should get away from the limelight a little bit. And to his credit, he did. And he tried his best to put it the weirdest time possible. He ain't doing this on a Monday. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. And and the timing of it, you, you're probably right. I think it probably speaks volumes about where McMahon was at, at the point and and like you said, paying off hush money and probably deciding it's 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 time to get out of this. But you know, I, I'm also no barstool fan or ever, but I, I follow Robbie Fox, who's a big uh, big MMA WWE guy, and, and he seems to think that this is actually gonna be very good for the WWE. So before we put this in the past end, do you think that this this is going to be a positive thing as, as most people are reacting to it relatively positively? I hope so, because the thing is, and what, what Robbie Fox was getting out there, uh, Vince McMahon was the head of creative. So all the storylines, the final guy that they went through was Vince. Well, the thing about Vince McMahon is he's 77 years old. You know, a 77-year-old is not in touch with what their big demographic, which is 18 to 34, <laughs> is. He's not in touch with right. them, and their priority uh, is entertainment, right? Like, I can't tell you how many people tell me it's fake, and I'm sure I'm going to get a tweet tell me, hey, you know it's fake, right? Like, yeah, spoiler alert, I'm 27. <laughs> <We know. laughs> I picked up on that, thank you. But the yeah. priority is entertaining and putting together good stories that can relate to exactly. your audience. And Vince McMahon, right. to his credit, in the 90s, he was the master at it. But in the 2020s, mm-hmm. not so much. Yeah, and I know that there have been there have been a lot of things questioned about the way that the, a lot of those matches have played out, but there, there's no denying that it's still an incredibly popular entity here. And, and guys like you, by the way, I, I love Robbie over at Barstool. He would be a good guy uh, to get a, for a potential MMA interview or something like that if we were going to do that at some point. But I, I just thought it was interesting because I, I know how influential he is in in not just again WWE, but the man has a lot of money. You know that 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 promotion has has become worth quite a bit a lot of zeros on his net worth that's right that's that's right i believe his net worth is higher than any of the the major professional sports commissioners like uh roger goodell or adam silver i'm sure the only one that it's not higher than is probably dana white right now if i had to guess yeah i'd I'd say they're in the same ballpark for sure i i would think and and (laughs) there are a lot of reasons for that too by the way but uh, just 
Another another thing to 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 kind of keep in the back of your mind is as we go through the rest of this year, that's that's a major shakeup in a sport where I mean, who knows? Who knows who might get involved uh, with you know becoming the new CEO of of the WWE? That'll be something interesting to keep an eye on. But uh, I mentioned I wanted to do at least a little bit of NFL here and just kind of some light NFL talk because I mentioned we hadn't done anything on the Commanders yet. Believe it or not, there's actually not a <laughs> A whole lot to talk about with with the commanders in regards to the actual football right now. Now we're we're gonna get the training camp talk going, and we we can do that and and whatnot. But you know, most of the stuff surrounding the commanders right now is is can can the subpoena catch Dan Snyder on his yacht wherever he is right now off the coast of France. <laughs> Uh, he's just, I imagine that just being like a, a scene out of a movie, uh, like yakety sack playing in the background as he kind of tries to avoid being served a subpoena. But th- I think there's actually a lot of excitement to, to, to have around the commanders this year. And that is definitely not something that seems like it's been very common as of late. You know, they, they start off with two very winnable games, but you bring in, Someone like Carson Wentz. I've been higher on Carson Wentz than most people, certainly in this fan base, have been. I remember the visceral reaction to them trading for him and people thinking, this is the solution to their problems at quarterback? I'm fine with it, man. I've always been fine with it. I don't think that there's any way their offense doesn't take a major step forward. When you look at Taylor Heineke, who I don't think was bad last year but he was average to below average I would say in terms of the production that he gave him Carson Wentz is going to open up a lot of things for you and now that you've got a long-term deal set in place for Terry McLaurin I really think he's going to turn it up he's going to turn it up and he's going to go off and the more the more attention that he gets on the field the more double teams that that he's featured in the more that's going to help guys like Jahan Dotson come in. They're rookie from Penn State. You know, th- there's been a lot of reports from from OTAs and mini camps that we've seen that Dotson actually has, at least in terms of his character, a lot of Terry McLaurin in him. It's interesting they both come from the Big Ten. Two different schools, Ohio State, Penn State. But with Dotson, obviously, he's going to give you a little bit more speed, maybe play him out of the slot. We'll see exactly where they decide to line him up. But I think that you have a good bit more and with Logan Thomas returning there there's a lot more to be excited about on the offense than there was last year not to mention my my i i tend to have very simple takes when it comes to to the DC sports teams these these days right with the Nats and Soto either the 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 learners are going to pony up or they're not History says they're not, okay? Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to trade him right now because they don't want to be known as the, the the people that traded away all these good players, right? But so for, for the commanders, my simple take on their defense is that I don't know how they could be any worse than they were last year. I, I realize maybe they weren't the worst unit in the league last year, but they so vastly underperformed that there's just no feasible way Considering that they return most of that defense, now they don't have guys like Ioannidis and Tim Settle anymore, but Chase Young should be back. Montez Sweat's still there, Allen, Payne. You really need some help at linebacker, but a, a, a defensive backfield, two corners and safeties who have, who have stepped up and made some plays. To me, there's no way they can take a, a, another step back on defense. It's possible, but 
with all the talent that they have on that side of the ball, I just I, I feel like there's no way that they're any worse than they were last year. And if that's the case, right? If there's no way that they're worse on defense than they were last year, and there's no way that they were they're going to be worse on offense as they were last year. Well, they were seven and ten last year. That's seven wins. Seven also won the division two years ago. Do I think it'll win the division this year? Of course not. But I can feasibly say that I expect them to win two more games this year and chalk up at least a nine and eight record. I mean, it's like we forget that they played the toughest schedule in the league last year. They had won the division and that earned them dates with Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. They played against all those quarterbacks last year. All those were the top six quarterbacks in the league. I think the only guy that maybe they didn't play was Lamar Jackson. So I, I think I, I think the commanders are poised to make a, a, a significant step forward. Now, whether it becomes a big step forward and, and you talk about maybe getting in on a, a wild card berth or something like that. I don't know. I'm not going to get that optimistic with it. But the fact that on paper, they're a good bit better than they were last year gives me hope that they'll at least pick up another game or two. One final segment to get your calls in coming up next, ladies and gentlemen. 800-636-1067, MGM National Harbor listener line. That's a full segment for us coming up next. We have two segments total left, but when we come back on the other side of the 9 o'clock hour, it's going to be quick, and we got to pass it off to Charlie and Dave to make way for a little bit of Nationals baseball. So hit us up. you got one more chance to do so. We've talked lots of Soto today. We just did a little bit of the Commanders in the National Football League. Maybe you're a wrestling fan like our guy Denton. you got thoughts on Vince McMahon announcing his retirement at the end of the day on a Friday. We'll take anything. Your calls next on 106.7 The Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've got just a few minutes before we kick it over to the 9 o'clock hour, and it'll be brief, as I said, when we come back, because we're going to hand it off to Charlie and Dave pretty shortly thereafter. We'll say our goodbyes. I'll thank each of our guests that, wow, it's been an hour and a half since we talked to any of our guests, but we did have a couple of great conversations earlier on in today's show. So if you'd like to get any last-second thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, in 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener line. I'm at Danny Noakes on Twitter, at 1067 the fan as well. Denton Day here producing the show. I'm curious, Denton, if you've seen these new Super Bowl rings that the L.A. Rams unveiled. I guess today it happened, but naturally, as it seems to become the case every single year uh the latest super bowl ring is said to be the heaviest and most in uh most carat weight i believe just the most diamonds pretty soon they're not going to be able to put these things on fingers anymore you know what i mean yeah you know i happened to catch matthew stafford posting a picture i didn't get to see all of the intricate details because it feels like now you can like take them apart and flip them and spin them and do all these different things but it looked like it took up like two fingers on the knuckles of Matt Stafford. And that guy got big. I mean, he doesn't have the biggest hands in the NFL, but 
he's spinning the he's spinning the ball pretty easily, so it's not like he has small hands and and they were taking up a lot of a lot of surface area there. Exactly. And that's the thing. And and this one is no is no different, dude. Like I'm looking I'm just looking through a slideshow pictures of the new ring and yes, you can take it apart. It's in two pieces. It's got this like cut out sort of uh it's got SoFi Stadium within the ring. It's actually got some actual pigskin from one of the balls. I don't know if that's a, a like a game ball from the Super Bowl or what, but it's it's just it's funny that they've they've just gotten so they've gotten so complicated with with these rings and and like you said, you see it on. I saw the picture of Matt Stafford and his wife with with the ring, and you're right. It takes up like half of his hand. Like at some point, they're, you're not even going to be able to wear these things anymore. But and 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 maybe they just start turning them into necklaces. I've seen I've seen some people turn uh, turn them into necklaces before. Maybe that'll be uh, that. Maybe that'll be, become a more popular trend. I guess we'll just have to see. Well, you know, the That's University wack, of Miami did retire the turnover chain, so I guess it's okay now that the <laughs> NFL can pick that up and say, forget the Super Bowl ring. We got the Super Bowl chain. See, for everybody else, that was the biggest news that came out of ACC kickoff, Denton. The fact that no, the, uh, the Miami, Mario Cristobal, their new head coach, wasn't going to allow the turnover chain to be worn on the sidelines anymore. If I could say, too, about Cristobal, I think him coming over to Miami is going to be a problem for the Coastal Division. I think... I don't. I'm not going to be the guy to say Miami's back. Heck no, it'll never be me. Same with Texas. I'm not going to be the guy. But I do think that he is actually in a unique position there, where it's his alma mater, and he seems to have a better understanding of that area than certainly any of the other coaches that they've had recently. But um, yeah, the bling, the bling is off the chain. These days, you know, I was watching the All-Star game. I remember when Acuna came to the plate and he was wearing a ridiculous chain. And I understand that with the baseball guys, right, it's it's kind of part of the swag. The same way that, like, visors are part of the football swag or the way you wear socks or, you know, I'm, I'm well in tune with that sort of thing. Baseball players like to wear chains. But at a certain point, how can you play with that much gold or metal around your neck you know what i mean like that was that was the first thing that came to my mind when i saw acuna acuna's uh his chain the other night i was like man doesn't that thing like smack you when you're trying to run down the paces or anything (laughs) especially because they you know they 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 want it to be seen so it's like hanging out of their jersey and i'm seeing more and more chains from guys that are in the nfl too i mean man i maybe i should get a chain denton (laughs) i think you could rock a chain Maybe not like one of those big heavy ones. You got to build your way right. up to that because eventually, like that, that does have to hurt your neck a little bit. So you got to build up to that. But you start somewhere, right? Exactly. And and you know, I'm maybe maybe at some point it'll get to be the the flavor flave uh, where it's just a giant clock hanging off of um, hanging off of a giant gold chain. And anybody remember watching Flavor of Love, the Flavor Flave reality TV show? Oh my gosh. That would send you down a, a rabbit hole. I, I'm probably showing my age too because that um, that was a, a more recent uh, reality show. I'm 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 in the last year of my 20s now, ladies and gentlemen. I, I'm going to turn 30. I turned 29 on July 14th, so about eight days ago. Uh, and I'm in the last. I'm in the last. It's it's a countdown now and, until we hit 30, and that is a weird feeling. So, um, yeah, I, I don't really know how I feel about that, but. It has been a fun show so far, and it's coming to a conclusion, unfortunately. And 
We had a lot of great comments, uh, a lot of great insight into everything that's gone on with Juan Soto. We had a, a few great calls uh, that came in over the last couple of segments. And now we get ready to actually watch this team play the second half of the season. And it's obviously going to be just as tough as the first half was because, man, they they do not have a lot to to get excited for right now. But, you know, maybe Corbin comes out a, a different guy than he has been for the last two and a half years. I, I certainly wouldn't put money on it, but you just never know. And I think a lot of the sentiments that, that our guy Michael shared with us, one of our callers a, a, a few segments back, you know, talking about how this just kind of have to to go through some growing pains, right? Because the Nationals in the now, what is it? It's 2022, so 2005 was the inaugural season. The 17 years that they've been playing baseball, they've really only been amazing and been a division winner or a World Series champion, or they've been terrible, one of the worst teams in the league, say for 2018 when they went 500. So there, there hasn't really been a stretch like this. It's kind of unprecedented territory. For, for the Nationals organization. But if there's a guy that can that can build it back up, Rizzo would be that. And I've I've obviously criticized a lot of what's happened in the last three years, and that's deservedly so. That's that's absolutely deservedly so. Because the the point is that they've failed ever since that, that happened. It, it's absolutely the case, or else they wouldn't have been selling off all their players. But there's still very much hope because there's just still a lot that we have to figure out. There's a lot that we have to allow to unfold and a lot of that is just the baseball the days passing by because we've got we've got about 10 days before the trade deadline and and there's going to be some some interesting conversations had about Soto's potential suitors but I've also seen a report today say that some teams are a little bit wary of that price and that's what has the entire time we've been on the air today led me to believe that Soto won't be leaving in 2020, at least before the end of the season, right? It'll happen either in the off season or it'll happen next year. But when the new ownership group comes in, assuming that that's still going to happen, that's just, that throws another wrench into the situation and just throws all sorts of uncertainty into it. But let's step aside. We'll take our final break of the evening. We'll come back. We'll wrap everything up, thank our guests, and send it over to Charlie and Dave, who are in Arizona waiting to kick off and waiting for first pitch of the Nationals and the Diamondbacks, which is coming up at 940. Stick around. You're listening to The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 